0: Welcome to Housing Developments. I'm Jerry Howard.
1: And I'm Jim Tobin.
0: Well, Jim, uh, I know you had a very uh, busy uh, Labor Day weekend. I, on the other hand, uh, chose to take it a little bit easy. Um, Following the lumber story, which uh, I think, thanks to NHB's outreach, it seems to be generating a good deal of press. But so far, we haven't seen much relief for our members. What can you tell me about what's going on, and what do we think our listeners need to know right now about lumber?
1: Well, I, I, I think that the main thing our members need to know is that we have, we have gotten the ear of the White House. And that, that's going to be the big hammer that's going to help uh, crack the, uh, the, these high prices that we've seen, these, these seemingly unending high prices from week to week. We're, we're, we're over $900 per 1,000 board feet. Sixteen thousand dollars for the cost of the House, our members are reporting lost sales, uh, delayed delayed contracts uh, and effects on their own businesses. But like I said, the good news is is that the work that, that our senior officer team led by Chuck Falk uh, and you have done inside the White House uh, the message that we received last week in our call at the White House is we are listening, we are activated on it uh, and, 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 and we're working on solutions for you so i I'm, I'm encouraged. Uh, that they are paying attention. Uh, and then, and then, of course, I want to you know, give a shout out to, to Paul Lopez and the public affairs team that, that every, every day there's another story on lumber prices and housing affordability and the effects on uh, on what I call the, the golden goose of housing in this economy. So uh, we're, we're starting to make some headway, but the, the proof will be in, in lower lumber prices.
0: Yeah, I would just ask our listeners, if you have a consumer who is uh, going uh, to have to cancel their, say, their purchase or delay building their home um, because of these lumber costs. If you have a consumer who's willing to go on the record, um, we were fortunate enough to get one guy a couple of weeks ago, and it really resonated uh, in the press, and it really resonated in the White House. Um, the more consumers we can get, uh, the better. So if anybody who's listening knows of any anecdotes that we can use, please send them to us. Um, we really need to move on this and move quickly um, uh, in order to, to, to uh, take advantage of the momentum that we've picked up both in the media and with the White House. The other thing I, I'd remind our listeners is this is unlike uh, the last uh, lumber price problem we had. Um, the last time it was viewed by the Secretary of Commerce as simply a collusion issue, um, and they influenced or put pressure on the timber companies and the prices came down. Uh, they, the, the White House and the administration is not totally convinced that this is collusion. Um, they believe that this is in part a result of the COVID recession. Uh, and so we need to make a, a different kind of a case. Moreover, this is even different than the lumber uh, price increases prior to the last one, um, which were definitely a result of stalled negotiations on uh, the treaty with Canada. Uh, Right now, there are no negotiations on the treaty with Canada. President Trump uses trade policy as a more direct extension of um, foreign policy than other presidents have. And so the trade policy and the negotiations with China, with the European Union, with Mexico, with Canada, uh, are all tied to other things. And that's the case with this lumber issue. Uh, Whether we agree with it or not, it's just a simple matter of fact right now and it's not going to change. So the way we're going to win this is by showing that housing is prepared to lead us out of the COVID recession uh, and that we are starting to see serious detriment to the housing sector. So anything you can do as listeners to help us make that case, we'd really, really appreciate it. The other big issue, Jim, that we're dealing with is the recent announcement on the part of the president, uh, this moratorium on evicting people from rental housing, uh, particularly people who are victims of the COVID recession. Um, you know, personally, I-, I believe that most Americans uh, uh, agree with the president's goal, which is not to have people put out on the street because of this, this terrible, terrible pandemic. Uh, I'm not sure that anybody uh, who's in the industry agrees with the way the president has gone about it. Uh, what are you hearing? What's gonna happen? What have we been doing?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's simply the, the president stepped in to fill a vacuum where Congress decided uh, that they, they couldn't cut a deal. We we, we watched as, as Congress uh, flailed about through press releases and, and press, press events, trying to come up with a, a top line number to do uh, another, another corona r- relief package. And the Republicans and Democrats on the Hill uh, would rather fight it out in the press and actually get into a room and negotiate. So it's very frustrating uh, from a, a variety of perspectives, uh, no less the, the, an, an eviction moratorium uh, and rental assistance that need to keep people in their homes. So the president stepped in uh, and, and used the power of the Centers for Disease Control to, to, for, for them to come up with an eviction moratorium citing a public health crisis. If people were to be evicted, uh, they, they stand a higher chance of catching COVID-19 uh, and so that that's where this was born out of. The, the problem is that we've got an, an eviction moratorium now from September fourth through the end of the year, uh, but there's no relief for property owners. So if, if 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 property owners are forced forced to keep people in their apartments, and again, I agree with you, Jerry. This is it's 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 the right thing to do to help people stay in their homes in this pandemic, especially as people struggle uh w- with job loss or or, or loss of uh, loss of income but there's no help for the for the for the the landlords what, what about mortgages they pay on, on on their buildings and units what about the maintenance that they have to uh, they have to keep uh keep the properties in in, in, in proper and in, in high quality working order what about the staffs the the management teams that run these buildings uh th- those are those have been unaddressed uh through this moratorium Uh, And so we're gonna make a direct plea to the White House as we've had Uh, we have a call today. uh, By by the time you all hear this, uh, the call will pass, but we are talking directly to the White House staff with our multifamily members, as well as more importantly petitioning Congress in this sprint to uh, the final end of the fiscal year here at the end of uh, September to, to create a robust rental assistance program where property owners can tap government resources to help cover the costs of lost rent and, 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 and therefore the eviction moratorium.
0: Yeah, you know, it, it seems almost like it, it, it's a well-intentioned effort uh, with such severe unintended consequences that the negative impact of the unintended consequences could far surpass the positive impact of the moratorium. And I gotta tell you personally, I put this all at the feet of Congress. You know, our, our, our listeners negotiate deals all the time. And the basic part of, a, of any negotiation is the top level dollar amount that you're talking. If the, these two sides, Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell and Steve Mnuchin for that matter, can sit down and say, okay, the Democrats want X, which is over a trillion dollars, and the Republicans want Y, let's go somewhere in the middle. Gee, what a novel concept, compromise. The entire Constitution was written based on compromise. And I I, I think that our leaders need to to sit up and take note of that. Um, But right now, it's a difficult situation. I'll be interested in the call we're having this afternoon, and we'll uh, be reporting out to the membership, and we'll probably touch on it again in our next podcast. But anyway, those are two big things that, that you're working on between now and how long will they be in? And what about a CR?
1: Uh, so, so they'll be in until the, the House will, will convene that first week of October that the, the, the fiscal year will have passed. The Senate will, will, will drag one more week. They've, I don't even know if there's any more judges they can, they can, uh, they can approve, but the Senate's going to go ahead and do that. Uh, and then they'll be out for the bulk of, uh, of October through the, through the election. Uh, I, I feel pretty good about a CR. I think neither side wants to roll into the election with a, uh, a budget crisis or a government shutdown looming over their heads. So I think they'll get to something that looks akin to a clean CR. Uh, and, and that's a good thing. Let, let's keep the government funded. And remember, what rides along with that CR, not only keeping the government open, but the National Flood Insurance Program expires at the end of September as well. I fully expect that to be extended along with the CR. CR will go probably go through the, the middle of December, uh, in which case after the election, uh, they'll, they'll all come back for a short lame duck session uh, and, and then wrap up spending or any, any kind of tax cats and dogs that may happen at the end of the year. Uh, and of course, it, it really depends on what happens at the election. If, if, the, if, the, House, uh, if the House stays de- Democrat, as we suspect, but if the Senate flips, uh, and that's a coin flip right now, uh, who, who knows what the lame duck session looks like? Uh, I do find that lame duck sessions start out uh, with a lot of promise and end up fizzling at the end of the year uh, so, But I, I think a CR is, is, is very, very likely.
0: The only thing I'll say about lame duck sessions or sessions that last well into December is generally speaking, um, something bad happens. <laughs> and I'll give you an example of uh, a few years back, Christmas Eve, uh, when uh, the rest of America was uh, getting ready to celebrate the holidays and uh, you and I were working uh, on Christmas Eve morning uh, as the Senate took a vote, which we were able to defeat um, uh, on, on some pretty tough uh, labor issues, if you'll remember. I do. And so um, when they do come back, it's a time uh, for, uh, to paraphrase, uh, the price of democracy is, is vigilance. Uh, right. We just have to be really, really careful. Yeah, but you talked about the, about the elections coming up, and I think you and I have uh, been uh, discussing this idea Uh, To to say that at each one of these podcasts, we'll talk about one, maybe two of the key congressional races that are coming forward. Um, You noted that um, the House will probably stay Democrat. Uh, In fact, up until about a couple of months ago, I would have said the Democrats could even pick up a couple of seats. I don't see that happening now. I see the Republicans picking up some seats, but not enough to take back the majority. Um, And we'll talk about some of those key uh, interesting House races going forward. Uh, But the Senate is really where the action is right now. Um, uh, Give us a little bit of background on what's going on with the Senate. And then let's talk about, um, let's start with the uh, Senator McSally race in Arizona, which is crucial to the Republicans.
1: Yeah, so uh, the the lay line is simply this, Mitch McConnell has the majority. Uh, They have 53 seats. Uh, to a Republican, to to 47 uh, Democrats and Independents who caucus with the with the Democrats, uh, and so the the, the balance is it, it, the balance is up for grabs. Uh, there are uh, about 10 races uh, on the Republican side of the ledger. They have an outsized portion of the 34 seats that are that are up for uh, up for re-election uh, this cycle, uh, and that includes one of the, the Georgia special election. Uh, but they've got an outsized portion of those 34 seats that they must defend, and there's 10 of them that are really in in toss-up or lean categories. Uh, and the and the first one we want to talk about we'll start we'll start in the West is is the Arizona seat. Martha McSally is running for to re, she she was appointed to to fill out the term of of late Senator John McCain, uh, and so she is now up for uh, re-election for a full six-year term. Uh, and you have to remember that she also ran for the Senate. Two years ago, against now Senator Kirsten Sinema, uh, and lost that race. So she's she's got a she's she's up against Mark Kelly, uh, former astronaut, uh, and then uh, and then she is uh, sorry he is uh, he's a formidable candidate. Obviously, uh, you know they're they're you know on the on the, uh, on the uh, um, profession food chain. Astronauts pretty high up there, and uh, and he's raised a ton of money. And this is one of those seats where. Uh, he's got a lot of momentum. He's up in the polls, has been consistently for, for months now. Uh, and, uh, and, and this is going to be, a, I think it's going to be a tough one for, uh, for Senator McSally to hold. That said, she is the first female Air Force fighter pilot, uh, in combat fighter pilot. So if there's anybody who's tough uh, on this, it's, it's, it's Senator McSally. So this is going to be a good one to watch. Air, Arizona is also a key state for President Trump's re-election hopes. It's trended Republican and state Republican for Many election cycles, uh, but it's also starting to trend more purple these days. So it's this is one to watch for those of you who are going to be up late uh, on uh, on election night. This is a this is a big state for a variety of reasons.
0: Well, and one thing uh, to add about uh, about Mark Kelly is he's married uh, to former Congresswoman Gabby Giffords, who you will remember was uh, was injured in an assassination attempt a few years ago. So uh, he has that sort of. Uh, empathy um, hanging on to him as well. Um, He's a strong candidate. She's a very attractive candidate and has been a very, very uh, strong senator in her short time in the United States Senate. Uh, So it's an interesting race, you know, in a normal year where you wouldn't have two such really strong candidates. This would be easy to call for either one of them. That's how good of candidates they are. But the fact is, uh, right now, uh, it's close, although Jim, you seem to be viewing it as closer than most of the polls are. Most of the polls I've read, uh, I- I- is he still ahead by double digits in most of them? I, I've, I've seen some of
1: those. I've seen it close a little bit now that if you go from eleven to, to nine it's it's still a pretty daunting number. Uh, but I, I've seen it close a little bit, and I think Senator McSally's hopes rise and fall on how President Trump does. If he carries a state in large measure in, in, in a large fashion, that certainly helps her uh, help helps her reelection prospects. If it's a narrow win for Trump, uh, I, I think she's she's probably uh, she's going to have a tougher time. If it's if it's if it's a wipeout for President Trump in Arizona, uh, not not only is the president's night going to be long and, and tough, uh, but I think that that, that, that Martha McSally seat probably flips as well.
0: All right. Well, there there's uh, our first uh, election analysis. Uh, next time we will look at the race. Speaking of races uh, in the Senate that uh, that uh, the, are important both to the Senator uh, and also to the President, we'll look at the race of uh, sitting Senator Tom Tillis next time in North Carolina. I know the President was down there yesterday campaigning, and I know that it's probably shocking to most of our listeners to even think that a North Carolina Senate seat uh, was a close race for the Republicans. But this one is close and it's important. And the teaser is we'll talk to you more about it next time. So for now, I want to thank everybody for listening. I'm Jerry Howard. And I'm Jim Tobin. And this is Housing Developments.